good to see you this morning. Uh, uh, some of the things I want to share with you, uh, you may have heard them before, because uh, if you've read the book, you probably have. And by the way, this is a Bible. You know, anybody knows that it's black. Some of you can get them in blue or different colors. See? There's other, other styles, too, now. But th- this is the old-fashioned kind. I still use it occasionally. Uh, but uh, this morning, uh, in sharing, uh, the Bible talk is one of the main, one of the ministries of the Holy Spirit is to bring to remembrance things that he's already shown to us. Jesus said that's one of the things. He's going to show you things that I've spoken to. He'll remind you of them. And so being reminded, everybody here, anybody here ever need to be reminded? <laughs> I'll, I'll ring both hands up in the air. I need to be reminded. And the, the, the Lord is good to do that to us. He knows our limitations, and he's good to do that in our lives. Uh, uh, and let me put a word in also for the uh, those maybe going to the, uh, or thinking about going down to the, uh, to Puerto Penasco on the mission trip. Uh, one of the great things about a mission trip, you get a better view of the world as you get out of the, the kind of the, the uh, bubble that we have here in the United States. We have such a different situation here in the U.S. with uh, a lot of affluence, uh, a lot of things that people don't have in other places. And sometimes just going even a short trip like that one can be a great blessing. By It's an eye-opener, and you get to see things uh, that are happening in other places and, and see what's going on in other locations and be a blessing while you're there. Uh, so this morning, I, I'm going to uh, uh, take you on a little trip through the book of Acts. And it's, uh, uh, Acts is an interesting book. Uh, it's a historical account, and that's one of the reasons I think the Lord had uh, Luke write the book of Acts, is to give an, a historical account of actually what, is, uh, uh, what, would t- what was going to be taking place in the first century. And so you, you, you pick that up. You just, you, if you read through it, you'll see, well, this happened, this happened, this happened, and how God began to uh, get the gospel out to other places. And it's really good that way. But it's also a, a, a challenge, I think, to see what the Holy Spirit did in the first century. Because it gives us kind of a standard, you see. It, it shows us what the Lord did then. And that same God who uh, was working at that time is the same God that's working today. And he's still working in the same manner. Uh, we're hearing today about over in uh, countries where the gospel can't be preached in the natural or normal way that, that the Lord Jesus is appearing to people. They're seeing him, he comes to them in a dream or in a vision or speaks to them in some way and it leads them to uh, eventually become a Christian. And so all kinds of things are happening all over the world. And to me it's so important that we continue to be fervent in our Christian life uh, and no matter how old we are, I'm getting up there, pretty good age. Uh, I won't tell you how much. You, you probably thought I needed a wheelchair. But uh, 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 we're, no matter how old we are, God wants us to stay fervent and walking with him. Walking with God. It's 
and CJ's been pointing that out, how he experienced what he experienced as he went to Tulsa the other day and how he prayed and prayed and as he prayed in the spirit, uh, kind of a fog began to lift from some of the things that had been bothering him in his life and God began to lead him on. Uh, that, that can happen to all of us and uh, both ways. We can get fogged up with this life, but we also can get cleared up by the Holy Spirit as he works in our lives. So uh, God wants us to realize the working of the Holy Spirit. And, and uh, especially as we look at the book of Acts, we can see some. I just want to point out a few things to you that might be helpful to you. I felt very strong about this. That's why I approached CJ about sharing on it because it's so important. We've been hearing some uh, about this. Brother Howard Katz was with us a few weeks ago, and he shared some things that uh, were good because I know I read through his material later on. You get copies of them. I read through the material, and it was good. I really appreciate what he shared. This is a little different slant than his, but it's the same Holy Spirit I'll be talking about, okay? And he has a, he's, he's great, and he's right in our midst. And uh, the Bible says that this is the great promise of God. I will... I will uh, dwell with them and walk among them, and they shall be my people, and I shall be their God. He dwells with us, and he walks among us. I always think about the Lord walking up and down in the aisles this morning right by you and right by me and right by each one here. Uh, He's there to uh, touch your life, minister to you in a personal way, and that goes on continually, I believe, all day long, every day, not just on Sundays. So, uh, in talking about this, uh, uh, just starting in the, uh, in the book of Acts, chapter 1, we're going to have some scriptures up on the board, uh, and uh, if I can keep up with them, we'll, <laughs> we'll be going good here. But that, it'll, it'll, uh, we're going to talk about the different areas that, where the Holy Spirit came on the early church to begin with, and just see how he came and what he did during that time, and how we can experience the same thing today. In Acts 1.8, of course, this is when uh, Jesus had not yet gone into heaven. At this time, he hadn't ascended, and uh, he was talking to his disciples. And you have to remember, the disciples saw the Lord many times while he was here on the earth before he ascended. They appear, he appeared to them a number of times. You can read about him in the Gospels, the latter part of the Gospels, he appeared to them. And, and they were overjoyed. And some, at, at first, they didn't even believe. It says, for the, for the joy of it, they couldn't believe it. You know, that Jesus was really alive. But he was alive. And by many infallible proofs, he was shown himself alive to the apostles. They knew he was alive. And not only that, he had given the great commission to them to go into all the world and preach the Gospel to all nations. And uh, so he had, they had the... Uh, uh, challenge to go and they seen the one who was risen from the dead who would conquered death itself as he said I'm going to be with you always even to the end of the age in this endeavor so all of this is going on yet he, stop, he stopped them though right before he left and he said don't leave Jerusalem until the promise of the father comes until the spirit of God comes because you shall receive power and that's the scripture here Romans in Acts 1.8 it says, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. That word power in the Greek is the word dunamis. It means dynamite. 
That's where we get our word dynamite from. You should receive dynamite after that the Holy Spirit has come upon you because the very presence of God comes into our life in an unusual way and then we can accomplish anything God calls us to do. Now, so many times when God challenges, there's always kind of obstacles in the way, but as we keep trusting Him and yielding to the Spirit of God, God will take us right on through and we'll accomplish what God wants us to accomplish. No matter what your life is like, no matter how many weaknesses you may have, God has a plan for your life, and you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be witness unto me. So they, they waited in Jerusalem. Uh, they waited. They waited about 10 days, because the Lord spoke, to, he stayed with them to, for 40 days, and then 10 days they waited, and on the 50th day, on the day of Pentecost, uh, we know uh, in Acts 2, uh, the Holy Spirit uh, comes. Acts 2, when the day of Pentecost fully came, they're all together in one place. Uh, we think there were 120. We're not sure really that count exactly when the Spirit came. But uh, uh, suddenly a sound from heaven, like a violent wind came, blowing like a violent wind came from heaven, and they were all, and, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And uh, going on, they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and sat and came to rest or sat upon each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance or enabled them. I'm quoting King James a lot. I just quote it automatically because I was raised on King James. But uh, this is what happened. All of a sudden, there was a sound of a rushing mighty wind and, and as it came into the place where they're sitting the scripture says that uh, tongues of fire uh, set upon each one of them a tongue of fire came over this 120 uh, people each one of them had this tongue of fire come over now this never happened again after that as far as we know the scripture doesn't mention it ever happening again but it happened this time this is the spirit coming initially to the church now, he'd been around before. The Bible talks about the Holy Spirit filling John the Baptist, uh, Simon, who was when Jesus was born, if you remember, and came, came in the temple, uh, uh, was brought in the temple by, their, uh, by, the, uh, by his uh, parents. It says uh, Simon came in, Simeon came in, and he says the Holy Spirit was on him. So others had, were experiencing this, I'm sure. But here now... He says, the Holy Spirit's going to come. He's coming with power, and he's resting on each one. Each one of them have this tongue of fire, and it says they all began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. They were all filled, and they all uh, spoke in tongues. All is the subject, and the verb is were filled and, and speak. They all were filled, and they all spoke in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. They spoke in languages of the people they were that heard the word that day, but but they all spoke in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. A supernatural happening. <laughs> the thing is, the coming of the Spirit came in such a supernatural way. And I think the Lord was setting the tone for things uh, that was going to happen uh, later on. And so here, this is what took place. Now later on in Acts two and verse sixteen. It's uh, Peter is preaching, 
after this takes place, these get, people are gathered and they're wondering, it's 9 o'clock in the morning. Uh, what are these, are they drunk? What's wrong with these people? What's going on? What's happening? And uh, it says, uh, Peter, Peter said, no, that's not what's going on, he says. But this, but this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel, that in the last days, God would pour out his spirit on all people. There's a few in the Old Testament. You know, the Spirit would come on the kings, some of the kings, some of the, of course, the prophets uh, uh, and, and uh, the judges, some of them. The Spirit of God would come on them, use them in different ways and move on their life. But now God says, in the last days, I'm going to come and I'm going to pour out my Spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. There's no problem as far as gender with God in this thing. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. That sounds supernatural, doesn't it? Dreaming dreams, seeing visions. Uh, Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. See, they will speak the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord will be in them. It come out in power. God can use any of us. And he pours out his spirit. And he uses us uh, in, in a body, as he's placed us in a body, the body of Christ. He uses us in many different ways. But the important thing is to realize it's all supernatural. <laughs> it's super, The spirit of God is going to guide you. He is going to empower you to do the thing that God has called you to do. Because uh, uh, Peter quotes Joel. He says, this is that. This was prophesied hundreds of years ago by the prophet Joel. Now it's coming to pass. And your, your experience is very thing right now. Okay. Then verse 38 and 39, Acts 2. Repent. When they, were asked, when they asked Peter what they should do, because he said, you by wicked hands uh, have taken this one that God had ordained to be the Christ, and you by wicked hand have cru- cru- you crucified him. Had him crucified. And, and, and so they, they cried out this, what shall we do? And he, and, uh, they, and Peter says, you need to repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins, and you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. These people who had agreed for the uh, crucifixion of Jesus, they needed to repent, and they could receive that same Spirit that had come on the apostles and these 120. They received the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you, for your children, to all who are far off, uh, as many as the Lord our God shall call. Everyone who's called, everyone who's drawn by the Holy Spirit to Christ, then is qualified to, to receive the same experience, to be filled with the Spirit of God. Everybody, no matter. So if you've been told some way in your life that you're not qualified or this is not for you or these things are not happening today, the Bible says the promise is for you. See, it's for you. For your children, to all that are far off, as many as the Lord our God shall call. And uh, I was called in 1956 in Japan. And uh, I was 23 years old at that time. I don't stop and figure out my age. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I was called. And it was a few months later. We'll talk about that in a little while. I want to give some personal testimony. But I, I want to say the promise is for everyone. So what happened on the day of Pentecost, the coming of the Spirit personally to your life is promised by God. See, it was promised in here definitely by the Apostle Peter as he told the people what they should do. 
It's to you, to all that are far off, even the Lord our God shall call. Okay, now, we're going to go to Acts now, chapter 8. The coming of the Spirit there. Uh, we'll just talk about it a little bit here. Uh, uh, Philip, who was an evangelist, he went down to Samaria, which is a, a, a place where there was, it was a mixture of people who are kind of half Jew and half Gentile. Uh, they weren't pure Jews. They were looked down on by the, the, uh, the Jewish people as a whole. Uh, and, uh, but he told, remember he told that lady at the well, the w woman at the well, remember, he said, if you knew the gift of God and the one who was talking to you, you'd ask him, he'd give you living water. <laughs> so he, he'd already promised to these Samaritans that they could get in on this. See? And so uh, Philip evangelist goes down to Samaria and he preaches the gospel to them and they gave heed to it because he did miracles, people were being healed, people being delivered from demons, power was being manifest through this man whom God sent down there and, as it, and uh, when they believed the message, it says here, what Philip would preach with good new, the good news of the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized both men and women, okay? All, uh, so men and women were being baptized. By they believed. They believed the message, and uh, they were baptized. Praise God. And uh, Simon, who was a sorcerer down there, he it says he he himself believed. So we have to accept that he did believe, and he was baptized. And he followed Philip around everywhere, astonished at the great signs and miracles he saw. Uh, when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to see them. Okay? He went down, Peter and John, the two apostles, went down to Samaria at that time. Okay? And then uh, when they arrived, they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit because he, the Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them, only they had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Why am I reading all this? Well, it's, it's an interesting, this situation, because the gospel was preached, uh, they believed and were baptized uh, into Jesus Christ, and yet they'd not been received this experience of being filled with the Holy Spirit yet. Uh, and so, uh, so Peter and John came down. Now, I don't know why Philip didn't do it. Uh, I don't know all this detail, these detail, but... John and Peter, Peter and John went down and they prayed for them. Uh, they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. And it says Peter and John placed their hands on him, put their hands on him, prayed for them. And it says they received the Holy Spirit. Doesn't say what happened. Doesn't say. Except this thing. When Simon saw that the Holy Spirit was given by the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered the money. Now, Simon was best a, a carnal believer. <laughs> we can see. Immediately when he saw this happening, he saw these people, something was happening to them. You know, in other words, Peter and John weren't going along and saying, uh, receive the Holy Spirit, receive the Holy Spirit, receive the Holy Spirit, receive the Holy Spirit, and nothing happening. It says, they, Simon saw that through the laying on of hands, the Holy Spirit was given. Something happened. It happened so much that he offered money to Peter and John that give me this power so I can do the same thing. <laughs> See? 
In other words, something happened, something took place when they were filled with the Spirit. Now, at Pentecost, they all spoke in tongues as the Spirit filled them. They all were filled and they all spoke in tongues. Something happened here. It doesn't tell us, doesn't tell us what happened. Okay? But something happened. In other words, something outward took place. And in every place you see this happening in the New Testament, something outward happened. See, that's the important thing. It doesn't tell us what happened here, but something outward happened. Or they are certainly Simon wouldn't have offered money to buy this ability. So something happened to them. All right, let's let's just go on now to Acts ten. The gift, the uh, the first Gentiles to uh, hear the the gospel message. Uh, they really had to work on Peter. God did to get Peter down here to the house of Cornelius. Uh, uh, remember he he had this. He fell into a trance when he was about ready to eat lunch. Uh, he fell into a trance and he saw this, in this vision, he saw this, this big sheet coming down from heaven. There's all kinds of unclean animals inside of this. And, uh, uh, and he heard a voice saying, rise up, Peter, and eat, kill and eat. And the Lord, and Peter said, not me, Lord, I've never eaten any of those things. And, uh, and the Lord said to him, what, what God has cleansed, don't call unclean. And that happened three times to him. And in the meantime, uh, as he came, uh, as he was out of the trance, somebody came to the door. Those, uh, some men had come to the door, sent by Cornelius over to see him. And they, they were sent by an angel that had appeared to Cornelius. Go over and get Peter and tell him to come over and tell you uh, the message that's been given to him. And so uh, Peter finally decided he'd better obey God. He went with them. And it says, when they were, uh, uh, when they got over there, well, Peter began to talk to them about Jesus. He says, I realize God is no respecter of persons. So he began to give them the gospel. He talked to them about those who believe in him would have eternal life. As soon as he said those words, it says the Spirit of God fell on all of them. The circumcised believers who had come with uh, Peter, that was the Jewish man were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles. How did they know? For they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Then Peter said, Can anyone keep these people from being baptized with water? They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. They, the Spirit of God fell on them. He didn't even pray for them. He didn't even uh, say, Would you accept Jesus as your Savior? <laughs> It says, as, as they heard the word, they were so ready. They believed the message. And as soon as they believed, the Spirit of God fell on all of them. And, and God did it this way, I think, because I'm sure Peter would have struggled to think about praying for these people to be filled with the Spirit because they were Gentiles. They weren't even, he wasn't even supposed to be in a Gentile's house. And in fact, you read the next chapter and you find out he's called on the carpet because of this. He had to explain what he was doing in a Gentile's house. But but the thing is, this is what happened. The Spirit of God fell on all those who were hearing the word, and they were all filled with the Spirit and began speaking in other tongues, just like they had it at the day of Pentecost. So, again, it's, uh, it's the same. They had a definite experience, and they spoke in tongues as the Spirit filled their life. Going to chapter 19, just going through these quickly with you. 
These are, these are events in the book of Acts that tells us what happened in the early church, what took place. And every time they, they, uh, it tells about the Holy Spirit filling someone, uh, coming on them, there's some definite uh, action, supernatural action that took place. A while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived in Ephesus. And there he found some disciples, uh, some disciples and asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Now, there was 12 of them. Later on, you read on further down, there was 12 men here. And uh, he found them. They were, they were dedicated people. Uh, and he, they were some disciples, all right. But uh, they said, we haven't heard about this because we have not even heard there was a Holy Spirit going on. Uh, then uh, Paul said, what then were you baptized? Then what baptism did you see? John's baptism, they replied. Of course, he said John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in, in uh, one coming after him. That is in Jesus. All right. And then uh, on hearing this, they were baptized into the name of Jesus Christ. So he gave them the gospel he, they baptized him. Then Paul, it says, Paul placed his hands on them. That's what John and Peter did, remember? And when they went to Samaria, it says he placed, they placed their hands on them. He placed his hands on them, and the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. And there were about 12 men in all. So here we see the same thing again, where a definite act, something happened supernaturally, when they were uh, filled with the Spirit. The Spirit, these men had believed. They, they were baptized in water. And uh, the Spirit of God came upon them. When Paul laid his hands upon them, the Holy Spirit came and they spoke in tongues and, and prophesied. They did two things. They spoke in tongues and they prophesied. Uh, supernatural, again. Now, why am I emph emphasizing that? Because uh, there's such a... So many times we can drift away from these things in our lives and we get used to being around, uh, coming to meetings, praising the Lord some, going home, we, we're busy about work, we're busy about doing things, and we forget that this thing we're into is supernatural. This is what we're into. We're not talking about some rinky-dink operation. We're talking about God. That God has come into our lives to give us reality and life. And it's not a, well, I'll taste a little of this and taste. No, you get into this thing. The whole idea is to get into it and let God do what he wants to do with your life. Because you're only going to have this happen one time, this short period of time in this world, you're going to have to walk with God in this uh, world that's kind of falling apart and going its own way. Uh, and uh, we only have this short time. So to get into it with fully... All the way with God is so important. Now, uh, going a little bit further here, I'd just like to uh, talk about tongues for a little because that can, uh, I think that's so important. Uh, in Act, in four, uh, Paul says in, in 1 Corinthians 14 too, by the way, the chap 14th chapter, Paul is talking in essence about what's edifying, what isn't edifying, how to use tongues, how use prophecy and things like that. He's, he's giving instruction to the church on uh, uh, there's a proper time to 
speak in tongues at the proper times to prophesy. And when, when it's a group of people, uh, it, Paul says, I'd rather speak five words with my, uh, uh, in a tongue that they can understand than 10,000 words in an unknown tongue because they can't understand it. Because what? Why? Well, in verse 2, it says, for anyone who speaks in tongues does not speak to men but to God. He, indeed, he utters mysteries with his spirit. So he's, he's saying when a, when a person speaks in tongues, he's speaking not to men but to God primarily. Now, this is the primary use of the gifts. Sometimes there can be tongues in interpretation. That's another thing. But uh, one of the, the gifts of the spirit uh, specifically uh, that can bring a message, a message in tongues to the church. But... Uh, Normally, the, the tongue, the, we're speaking not to men, but to God. We're just we're speaking directly to God. You break out in tongues, you're speaking. You're praising him, worshiping, maybe interceding uh, for something. Uh, years ago, years ago, uh, I remember this, uh, a friend of mine, very dedicated man. He, he knew a, a, a friend over in, in uh, India that was doing a, a, a outreach into communities. There, there was demonic powers working and so forth. And uh, they were in contact with one another. Uh, and they knew one another. And uh, this man had gone into this village, and he began, uh, as he, as he uh, preached in this village, there was a man there who was demon-possessed. And they chained him up just to try to control him some. But uh, he'd break the chains at times. Uh, but anyway, he, uh, uh, they said, well, if your God is so great, if he can deliver this man from these powers that are evil, we'll believe you. And uh, so this guy said, wow. <laughs> uh, here, I, here I'm on the spot. But he said, Lord, would you please move on my friend back there in Waco, Texas, and have him intercede and pray for us. And just at that time, this friend was in bed because, you know, they're around the world from one another. Uh, he's on the other side of the world. And he was in bed, and it says, he told me there, he was telling me this. He says, he says I was lifted up and put on my knees. <laughs> and I began to pray in the spirit. I began to pray in tongues. And he prayed in tongues for quite some time until he got a release. And then he, went, he got back into bed and went to sleep. Well, it was a number of weeks later, he heard from his friend and he, and he found that the exact, exact, that was the exact time when this man asked God to move upon him to, to have him pray that he had had this experience. He was interceding, and that man was delivered from the demonic powers, and a lot of people turned to the Lord. See? See? Uh, so when we're speak, we can be speaking to God many times when we're praying. In fact, the Bible says the mo that's what we're doing most of the time. We're praying, we're talking to God, praising, worshiping God. Uh, this is what happened. In, in, uh, in first, first Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 4, it says, He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. He who prophesies edifies the church. So when you, you prophesy, you're speaking in the known language. People can hear you. They're edified. They're built up. When you speak in tongues, it usually is for edif personal edification. Like what happened to CJ going over to, to uh, the other day to uh, Tulsa. Uh, he was personally edified. You see, had a real breakthrough. And but that I found out that's the case. That uh, one of the primary uses of the gifts 
of, of, of speaking in tongues for the believer after he's filled with the Spirit is the, it, it gives personal edification of that person if you use it. Yeah. The, the important thing is to participate. Remember, we're into supernatural things. It's God living in us. God's in us. <laughs> G-O-D, folks. God's in us. See? And he wants us to realize that and cooperate with him and hear him and respond to him. Praise God. So, uh, so uh, we're edified if we speak in tongues. Paul, uh, in 1 Corinthians 14, 18, he, he says, I speak in tongues. I thank God I speak in tongues more than all of you. So here's a man that not only told him what to do or told him what was going on, but he practiced it himself. And, uh, you know, sometimes Paul was in tent making <laughs> because he needed some money and he wouldn't ask for offerings. So he'd, he'd, uh, he'd be tent making. He may have been doing some then when he was sewing up those tents. I don't know. But at different times, he'd spend time in prayer and he'd, it says, I speak in tongues more than all of you do. But in the services, I'd rather speak five with uh, Christians around, five words that they can understand than 10,000 words in a tongue because you want to edify in a church service. So, uh, but he's, he did this. I speak in tongues more than all of you. Okay, in Jude 20, Jude, he was, that was only a few, well, there's only 20 some verses in the book of Jude, small book, right before Revelation. And he's mainly encouraging the people and challenging people there's going to be evil people, evil people uh, come into the church and try to turn it aside and get you to follow things that are not right and so forth. And he's admonishing them. But right at the end he says, Dear friends, build up yourselves up, build yourselves up in your most holy faith and pray in the Holy Spirit. Or some translations just say it this way. But beloved, building yourselves up on your most faith, in, your, in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. You build up or you edify. The word edify means to build. You edify yourself uh, by, by praying in the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. You don't understand, but you're edified. You're strengthened, as our brother gave testimony. And I've experienced it many times myself. Uh, something lifts, or I get strengthened, I get encouraged, or, you know, different things the Spirit can do as we pray in the Spirit. Use it. If you've been filled with the Spirit. If you haven't been filled, today you can be filled. For the promises to you, you can be filled, be filled with the Spirit, speak in other tongues, and begin to move in in a greater way in the things of God. In Ephesians 6.18, uh, it's, it's one of the uh, ways, uh, as Paul talks about the armor of God, he mentions a num number of pieces of the armor, but right at the end he says, in the... Uh, he says, and pray in the Spirit for all occasions, all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keeping on praying for all the saints. Praying in the Spirit. Okay. Praying in the Spirit. Praying in tongues. The Spirit's praying. See, edifying. Praying to God. Spirit praying. Okay. Uh, at, now... I want to share a couple of testimonies that I really felt strongly about uh, and uh, to, be, to be encouraging and to kind of show you how 
how God will work sometimes in some somewhat unusual ways. I was uh, uh, came to the Lord in November 1956 in, in Japan, and uh, over there I was talking to a man, and of that, well, I said, "There's all kinds of groups. What, what, which group is right? <laughs> which group is right? Tell me the right group to join." You know. And you name off all the denominations and all. And I said, what's the right one? And he didn't even tell me that. He didn't even try to. He just said, I hear God's moving at this church. Why don't you go by and visit it when you go back to the United States? And so when I, came, when I left the, uh, over there, uh, 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 I had put in for different places uh, up, in northern, up in northern parts of the United States in California because my parents lived there. And, that's where I put in for it. And I said, Lord, if you want me to go by there, you can get me stationed near there. And I got my orders just after I got back, and I was going to be stationed in Fort Worth, Texas, 85 miles north of this town that this church was in. Uh, and so uh, I went by there on my way uh, to, uh, to my base. I had about seven months left in the service. Okay, that's... They had a... Um, a uh, what they called a homecoming or convention there in the spring and the fall. That spring, uh, I wanted to go down to it, so I got a special pass to go, and, and uh, God was really helping me in all those things. But um, you're only supposed to get a pass, a 90-day uh, uh, or a, a three-day pass once every three months. I got three, 90 day, uh, three passes in, in 90 months. Uh, and the, even my the commanding officer in my unit, he says, how do you pull that off? I said, well, I just go in there and try. <laughs> anyway, we got, uh, we went, I went to this conference, and on a Friday night, the, uh, after the meeting was over with, there was, uh, they'd gather around the front at the altar, and people, people would be praying, and after the, the, the regular meeting was over with, and this one brother was up front, and he looked up, and I was about two-thirds of the way back in one side of the building. And he said, he just yelled back. He said, Brother Dale, you haven't been baptized in the Spirit yet, have you? And I said, I said, no, 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 no. Kind of meekly. And so uh, he said, well, come on up here. So I came, I went on up, and I knelt down there, and these different brothers gathered around me, began to pray for me. And, uh, and, uh, uh, I had been prayed for before, but they were—they uh, um, were wanting me to come and be prayed for. Okay, when I when I started praying, well, uh, they were speaking in tongues, and uh, and uh, and I was asking God to fill me, and nothing seemed to be happening, and and uh, you know I didn't, nothing powerful came on me, like you know, like some kind of feeling or something, and uh, and and all of a sudden the thought came to me. Uh, I just thought to myself. I wonder if I can say these words. I hear him speaking, you know. And, uh, uh, and uh, so I, I said, well, I'm, I think I'll just... And I, I, so I just, I just uh, started listening to this one person and started to say, tried to mimic them. Now, that's really bad, you know. You, know, you start, you say, boy, this, what are you trying to do? I'm, you're trying to uh, mimic the Holy Spirit? And, and, but let me tell you what happened. I began to, uh, I, I opened my mouth and tried to uh, speak that word, and I didn't speak that word, it just started coming out, you know. 
Uh, and, and I wasn't speaking anything that this guy was saying. And I said, and yet I still wasn't feeling any great thing. It was just coming out, you know. And uh, so, wow. Uh, doesn't say you've got to have goosebumps when you receive the Holy Spirit, but I thought maybe you should or something. You know? uh, but it's so real. I mean, I mean, it was. I was doing this, and I spoke in tongues for about ten or fifteen minutes, and then I got. This is the other part of it. I want to tell you, I got up, <clears throat> and uh, these guys were conversing in English, and I got up and started to say something I couldn't speak in English. <laughs> That's truth. I couldn't speak in English. I had to. I had. I had to, I had to stand there and. I've got to control my mouth to speak English. I was still coming out in tongues. See? So it wasn't me. <laughs> it was the Spirit of God, see? But it seemed so, you know, unusual. I don't know if anybody's ever had that happen to. Well, I, I've heard of people, they, they, they couldn't speak in tongues, they couldn't speak in English or whatever their known language was for a while afterwards. They just got so... Well, it, it happened. It finally, after a few minutes, I... Could, it kind of went back to normal. I could speak in English again without having to stop and think what I was going to say. <laughs> Control my mouth. <laughs> uh, God is so good to us. He helps us. Uh, and uh, the, other, uh, the other one I'll just quickly share with you. Uh, I had no one encouraged me about continuing to speak in tongues. We, I don't know why, but it never was brought to my attention. So uh, after a few months, uh, I began to get kind of dry, you know, and, and uh, in my life, I felt dryness in my relationship with the Lord, and, and, uh, and I began to pray about it. I said, Lord, what's wrong? And, and he gave me 1 Corinthians 14.2 and Jude 20. He that speaks in a tongue edifies himself, building up yourself or edifying yourself by praying in the Holy Ghost, in the Holy Spirit. And I said, wow, I hadn't been praying in the Spirit, see, because nobody had encouraged me that way. And so I went, I went out near the church to a, a park, and there was a big rock there, a huge rock. And as I, I got up, I climbed up on top of that rock and laid down on the rock. And uh, I, nobody was around, I was hoping anyway. Uh, nobody was around. It was in the afternoon, and it's, it was sunny, and there was clouds overhead and all that. And, and so I started worshiping the Lord, and I started speaking in tongues. I spoke in tongues again for maybe 15, 20 minutes. And I stopped, and I was just laying there, and the Lord spoke to me. He said, how do you expect to have the fruit of the Spirit in your life if you quench the one who provides it? It's the fruit of the Spirit. It's not a fruit of Dale Barnes. The fruit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness. We've been given the Spirit of love, power, and of sound mind. That's the Spirit we have from God. And how do you expect to have the gifts of the Spirit working in your life if you quench the one who provides it? How do you expect to have the love of God shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Spirit, that's the way it's supposed to be provided. The love of God shed abroad on our hearts by the Holy Spirit. And, and uh, I stopped and I thought about it and I said, wow, I need to pray in tongues. 
I need to exercise this. I need to edify myself in this way. And it challenged me. Uh, and at times when I'd start letting up on this, you might say, or not doing it as regularly as I should, I'd re be reminded of the Lord about this. Uh, so I want to encourage you, if, you, if you've been filled with the Spirit and you, you know, haven't taken, you know, you kind of let it slide, let your prayer life, your praying in tongues, praying in the Spirit, uh, this is the entryway into. God has made it possible that we can participate with Him by yielding to Him in this way, and it builds us up and prepares us for the Holy Spirit to work in our lives. Hallelujah. And to lead us, to speak to us, to to uh, uh, express the life of God through our lives, the, the fruit of the Spirit, uh, the gifts of the Spirit can begin to operate. And all things can happen. Why? Because this is what we're into. We're into something dynamic. Well, I mean, we've heard that said probably many times, but I, just, I felt like I just wanted to encourage you. I don't know where you are in God. If you're, if you're here this morning, you've never been baptized in the Spirit with tongues, I, I'd encourage you to come on up and... Let us pray for you. We'll lay hands on you. And just take off. <laughs> you know what I mean? Get in there. Okay? Expect it to happen. Don't say, well, I don't know if anything's happened, been prayed for before. I was prayed for before too. But praise God, the Lord wouldn't let me give up. Don't give up. Get in. <laughs> uh, and then after you get in, stay in. <laughs> in other words, keep uh, and you who have been filled and you haven't been praying in tongues much or you, you know you just maybe you didn't think it was that important well I tell you it's important and God has made it this, this very real simple uh, way for you and I to participate where we can actually turn it on and off in a sense we turn it on but it seems so easy you think it's just a part of well it is a part of you but it's the Spirit of God. God's made it so simple and so easy to participate. When you get discouraged, pray in the Spirit. <laughs> uh, when things look blue and that doesn't seem to be an answer to things that are going on, pray in the Spirit. And answers can come. Uh, my time's up. I see it. I, didn't even, I wasn't even watching. Okay. I broke the rule of Anyway, uh, but we want to give you a chance to, to be filled with the Spirit today, even if you have to stay a little longer. You can, people wait for you. Yeah. Praise God. That's what Billy Graham used to call him down out of the stands. And he said, the people will wait for you. Come on up and get saved. <laughs> Come on up and get filled with the Spirit or get renewed. Maybe just refreshed in the Spirit. You haven't prayed in the Spirit in a while. Uh, and those who, uh, prayer groups, uh, uh, the prayer teams, you want to come up and, and uh, help people out? Just come right on up and, uh, and we'll do it, okay? Amen. Father, we thank you today that you're here and Lord, your word has been given to us in the scriptures and how the Spirit came in reality on believers in the first century. Lord, just minister to all that are needy today, O oh God, in this area. Lord, meet their needs, O oh God, we pray. We just thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you in Jesus' name. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.